What's up? And welcome to the Very Best Self Podcast. I'm your host, Victoria Brown. Tune in each week as I have candid conversations with inspiring humans, including athletes, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and anyone out there making waves. Get ready to leave your comfort zone behind, step into your power, and live a more purpose-driven life. I am so happy that you're here. Now let's do this. What is up, you guys? We are back. Welcome to the Very Best Self Podcast. I am your host, Victoria Brown. And today, I have the youngest brother and founder of Super Coffee, Jordan DeSico, on. And it's a good one. Let me tell you what it is a good one. This is a kid who has an incredible story. Uh, I call him a kid because he's the youngest of three brothers who are running this big, giant brand. Uh, But he has an incredible story of how he founded this company and what it took to get to where he is today. And a lot of people would be pretty surprised to know the hurdles that he jumped over and what he gave up, really, what he gave up in order to succeed in creating this business and creating this company. And a lot of times, that's what it takes is to give up something that is currently present in your life without knowing if when you jump, the net is going to be there to catch your fall because we don't know a lot of times. And so Jordan definitely did not have any ounce of proof that when he took this leap of faith that we're going to talk about in the episode, that there would be a net there to catch his fall. And what did he do? He jumped anyways. And uh, I think you know how the story goes because uh, Super Coffee is in every grocery store, uh, you know, anywhere all across the country. So and if you haven't tried it yet, you absolutely should. I'm a huge, huge fan of the brand and the brand's mission. Uh, but we're going to get into all of that today. So uh, let's get into it. Let's do it now. Let's, let's jump all the way in. Jumping all the way in with Jordan. Here we go. Okay, you guys, I think I say this every single time. And I'm trying to figure out another way to say it, but I feel like I start all of my episodes the same way, which is I am so excited for this guest. But it's hard because I I really genuinely am so excited to have you on today, Jordan. Uh, and so we have Jordan here, who is the youngest brother and founder of Super Coffee. And I'm so pumped to have you on today. Victoria, thank you so much. I'm grateful to be here. Um, obviously, you've been an amazing partner to Super Coffee, but I love these types of conversations. So I appreciate you having me on. Of course, of course. Um, and the what's different to me, I guess I should say to begin is about Super Coffee is there's a million products out there, millions upon millions of products. But I love aligning myself personally and using products that have a mission behind them. And so when I think of Super Coffee, it just brings like a really big smile to my face because, you know, we're going to talk about your story and we're going to talk about the story, the brand story. Uh, but just knowing that it's three brothers who created this and knowing that it's not just coffee, that it's so much more than coffee, that there is a message and a mission around, you know, coffee gives you energy. 
But you guys don't just give people energy. You give people positive energy. And that's your mission and the brand standard. And that's the differentiating thing between you and everybody else out there, if you ask me. And which is why when I think about Super Coffee or I go to the store and I want to buy something, I'm like, hell yeah, I'm reaching for that because they care about putting positive energy into people's day. So talk about like, I don't even know where to begin, but like, I want to talk about why positive energy is so important to you. Uh, and then we'll get into like kind of the story of how you guys started for those who don't know. Absolutely. And I think it's going to be a good segue because those two things are, are so tightly correlated um, with how we started, why we started and really what, what our purpose is. And genuinely, because, you know, authenticity is one of our, our core principles too. But, you know, when we think about why we started the business six years ago, it still holds true today. We wanted to help people be the best versions of themselves by providing them with positive energy. And we do that in, in multiple ways, but two big ways that everything else kind of falls into are one through our products, right? Which you talked about, um, you know, we remove negatives first because when we looked at the competitive set and really most products on the market, a lot of them just filled with junk. Um, it was true six years ago in my dorm room and it's still true today, unfortunately, especially at scale. Um, and then the second thing is our, our culture and the message that we're putting out in, into the world. Um, again, we really want to build meaningful connection and help inspire people to be them, to be their best. Um, we're not just trying to sell them on our products. We really want them to feel something. And I think you encapsulated the way, you know, that really nicely. Like you want it, you see the product and you want to buy it as a result of, how we connect with you and speak to you as a customer. So um, starts with our purpose of actually wanting to help people six years ago, um, which was, you know, just a fantasy in my dorm room at that time, but uh, definitely something deep in my heart and fortunate enough that I could build an amazing team around too. Yeah. And that's incredible. And that must be why I love it so much because your my my personal mission statement for very best self and anything that I do is finding stronger versions of who we already are together. Mm-hmm. And that's my mission statement. So it's very much (laughs) aligned with everything that you guys do, which makes sense of why, you know, I'm with you guys and support the brand so much. Um, So for people who don't know, and I know you've told this story a million times over, but I feel like it's just so important for for people who don't know the story to always tell it over and over again. I think you can probably not even ever tell it enough times. And so you've got three, three brothers and you were at school in Pennsylvania and on the basketball team and you were a full ride scholarship athlete. And so you went to a convenience store one day and you wanted to get an energy drink before practice. And everything you looked at was coffee drinks full of sugar, energy drinks full of sugar. And there wasn't a single thing that existed that didn't have all, like you said, all these negative things, these negative ingredients in them. And beyond that, uh, it has protein, what you created in it. So it has all these things you've added as well. Uh, And so then you started to think like, this doesn't exist. I'm going to go create it. And these are the kind of people I love talking to where it's like, you, you're like, what I want in the world doesn't, doesn't exist. So I'm going to go out there and I'm going to create it. And that's what you decided to do, which led ultimately to you dropping out of college. So how did you come to that decision? How did you decide to go all in? And where did Mm -hmm. you think you knew you had something special? Yeah, I'll take a a step back there and and, kind of recapture what you just uh, mentioned. But that it it was my freshman year. Um, I played basketball at Philadelphia University. 
And in October of my freshman year, um, so you can imagine I'm basically two months on campus at the time. Um, yeah. And I'm study, studying business management and uh, I have 5 a.m. workouts, preseason workouts at the time and uh, couldn't keep up. I really couldn't keep up. I was struggling to to go to 5 a.m. practice, compete, and then go into business class at 8 a.m. Um, so I would find myself going to the school store and really couldn't find anything that I liked that was good for me and kind of suited my uh, my desires for, for healthy energy. So um, that whole year, basically, I spent studying um, the beverage uh, industry a little bit and um, creating a business proposal for, for school. You know, it was generally, I wanted to do a case study on it for class and management. Um, but then toward the end of that year, so I made it through the seasons, I, I started to make and concoct my own, my own sort of recipes. And I, I did it around coffee because one, I loved coffee personally. And two, there was truly no bottled ready to drink options out there that were good. And there still really, really aren't. Um, and there, and, I think people have a, a meaningful connection to coffee, which is such a natural source of, of energy compared to, say, an energy drink, which is created, in, you know, in a lab for the most part. So um, at the end of that year, I, um, Jake, our, my middle brother, was playing football at Georgetown. He was getting ready for, for his uh, junior, uh, senior summer. Um, so he was going to be staying on campus. I said, hey, I want to uh, pursue this plan this summer. Um, so instead of staying on campus and playing basketball, basically, I want to come down there. We pitched actually in a Georgetown summer launch program. We got, you know, camp, we were honorable mention or something like that. We were able to stay on campus and kind of leverage Georgetown's resources. And they have a great entrepreneurial program. So they helped out a ton. Jake and I had a bunch of fun. We always like to say we did more dreaming than working that summer, but it, it allowed us to kind of pave the, uh, start, start the, the path, um, that we wanted to create. And, uh, at the end of that summer, we had a good, you know, what we thought was a good business plan. Um, we had an idea of where we wanted to go. We had a manufacturing, a small manufacturing facility lined up, and we had uh, a couple of stores that were ready to give us a shot if we could produce the product. But I had to go back to school for my sophomore season. Um, it's going to be starting point guard, and Jake had a senior season of football. And we kind of looked at each other at the end of August, and we're like, hey, if I go back to, to school and you go into your senior season of football, you know, we know this business isn't going to last, you know. I'll probably go back to school and get lost in basketball. You'll finish your season here and then finish your year. And then you'll probably go work on, you know, Wall Street or something. And, you know, realistically, we were like, now is the only time we can do this. So I being the sophomore going back uh, on a Division II scholarship and Jake being ready to finish at Georgetown, I was the noble one who, who decided to, to drop out. Um, and, and so Jake could finish. Um, and a lot of people thought, oh, the business is doing well. That's why Jordan's dropping out. But really it was no, we, I have, you know, 20 hour days ahead of me right now. I need to produce the product, deliver it to the stores and then make sure that it's selling somehow. And I need to raise capital um, in order to grow the business. So this is a lot of work, but I believed in it. Um, the purpose of, of, again, trying to help people be their best selves by providing them with positive energy fueled me at the time. Um, and that gave me the confidence that there was a clear market, you know, opportunity there based on our research. It gave me the confidence um, I was clearly passionate about it, and I felt like, um, again, it was closely connected to my values, what I cared about. And by the way, if we did it well, you know, we would be successful, you know, by the norm standard of, of you know, financial success if we could if we could achieve what we what we thought was what, there for us to achieve. So, um, yeah, that was the that was a big decision. That was probably a naive decision, um, but it allowed me to do just that: put 100 percent of my time and energy into into launching a business and. 
what I've learned is that if you're if you're going to launch a business, you you got to give it everything you got because um, it is really hard, uh, but it is a lot of fun too. I say that a lot with goals and dreams, and you know when you want to create something, it's like you can't just dip a toe in the water. You have to be willing to cannonball into the deep end. You got to go all in. You have to go all out. And it's like if you're going to bet on somebody in this life, you might as well bet on yourself, you know. And so I love that that that's what you guys did is is you really were like, all right, I'm going to bet on myself. And so what was that phone call like to your parents? Just curious. You're like, hey, I'm going to drop out of college. (laughs) So we were actually together at the time, and it was the last week of summer. Um, and I had been contemplating it all summer for the most part, um, kind of staring reality in the face, really understanding what, what was coming and the decision that was in front of me. Um, so it was the last week of summer and we were together and I, I kind of laid out my, my, my plan and the decision that I wanted to make. And they were, you know, my mom thought I was doing drugs or something. She wasn't really sure because she saw me as a really passionate young basketball player who was finally, you know, playing well and on scholarship, like everything a parent could dream of, right? Like could going to school for, for business and, and going for free because you're playing a sport that you love. Um, so they were, they weren't too happy about it, but my conviction and my passion, right. You, and that's a repetitive theme that I'm sure we'll talk about as a founder. Um, you got to get people bought in investors, teammates, etc., bought into your vision. And I had to convince my parents first. Um, so they were the first believers because I convinced them to be, <laughs> and then I had to call my coach right after that. Um, I had coach who, um, he was coaching at Philadelphia University for 50 years. He has the most wins in NCAA history, relying on me to come back and kind of be the, the starting point guard and, and star player for him. And that was a tough conversation. Um, but again, he he uh, understood, I, I think. Um, hopefully now more, more than then. And uh, it, was, it was tough, but they believed in me. After I convinced them and they saw the passion that I had, again, you got to sell people on yourself. Um they supported me every step of the way and made it possible. I love that. That's great. And I love that line. You have to sell people on yourself because you, because you do, you You know, it's, 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 it, it goes both ways, right? You can't, you can't expect the world to believe in you if you're not willing to believe in yourself first. And you know, it's, it's twofold. Right. And then sometimes you have to convince people to believe in you, to go down this path with you and to like, you know, those you know, lock arms with you in this vision that you have. Um, so that's pretty incredible that you had, you know, supportive, supportive mom and, and parents to, to, to really kind of say, okay, like, we don't know that we agree, but like, okay, we'll get on board, you know, even if it takes a little bit of convincing. And I don't know, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm right about this, but also I think Chipotle also started the same way. It was a college uh, like project, if you will. And I've been to the original one in Colorado, which is like the size of like, you can like reach your both arms out and touch the yeah, side yeah. of the walls. It, that Chipotle is so small, but I'm pretty sure it was the same kind of deal. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. And another one right out of Georgetown, who I think everybody knows now is Sweet Green, which started right out of Georgetown University too. Yep. Same, sort of, same sort of idea. So that was part of it too. Like when you're looking for, when you're doing something new that is risky, you have to look for examples of people who have done the same thing because you'll get confidence in those stories. And Sweet Green was one that we looked up to. Um, and then a local mentor, which is probably a good segue into the next next topic of the story, but like a local mentor and advisor who was near DC is Seth Goldman, who was the founder of Honest Tea, who had recently sold to Coca-Cola at the time for you know a large sum and was considered very successful in terms of a food and beverage startup out of his And garage. they're out of Bethesda, Bethesda Maryland, aren't yep. they? 
Yeah, right out of Bethesda. Yeah. So it was about 15, 20 minutes north of, uh, of Georgetown. Um, and I literally wrote him, you know, when I decided to drop out, I wrote him probably a 10 page email, which was probably not proper email etiquette, uh, which I was still learning, but, um, he responded immediately, which is, you know, extremely, um, gracious of him. And, uh, he became our first mentor and advisor. And I think that's my next, usually my next, um, you know, advice that I like to give is like, okay, if you're going to go after it, you better surround yourself with people who are a lot smarter than you because you're, there's a lot that you don't know. Um, and, and Seth was definitely that, that shining light and source of inspiration and knowledge for us because there was a wide knowledge gap, um, dropping out and starting a beverage company that we. Right. Yeah. You had the learning curve was real quick, but surrounding yourself with people who already have been there and cross that bridge, uh, definitely helps a lot. So, a lot of people gained familiarity with the brand from a show that maybe not a lot of people have heard about, but uh, just kidding, uh, Shark Tank. So you, you made, how did you get on the show, first of all? And then for those who don't know, it was nose across the board. So, you know, when you get turned down like that on such a large stage, how do you keep going? Yeah, I think to the first part is um, this comes back to a principle that we like to, to say, but creating your own luck. Um, and really the power of networks. Um, and we, we always believed in networking quite a bit, getting our name out there. Um, we were pouring samples on the weekends. We were doing whatever we could in the investor world to, to make our name known as a small but emerging brand. And uh, one weekend, actually, on LinkedIn, and we would do you know typical rounds on LinkedIn of networking, we saw um, a producer on Shark Tank actually reaching out um, you know, to a group, a post that just said, hey, like we're looking for for emerging brands that want to be on the show. We happen to see it. Jimmy, actually the oldest brother, happened to see it and said, Hey, you know, why not? You know, we, we never thought we would apply for Shark Tank because the application process is pretty, pretty intense. And we were so focused on growing the business. Um, but he jumped in that he saw that opportunity, right? Created his own luck, jumped in. And sure enough, that producer tried the product in the past, loved it. Didn't know about the story, but loved the product. When they found out about the story, they really fell in love with it kind of expedited our, our process and say, Hey, we, and they said, Hey, we'd love for you guys to apply. Um, we, we kind of did a video and a quick write up and literally a week later, um, they said, you guys are on like, and guess what? You're going to film like next month. So get ready to fly wow. out. Um, so it turned pr pretty quickly and you know, the three of us and a couple of our early investors were like, Hey, this is a great opportunity. Worst case scenario, they hate the product. Um, but 8 million people watch it and hopefully like you guys and what you're trying to accomplish. Uh, best case scenario, they love the product. You get, right, you get a great deal. You still get 8 million people who watch it and love, love you guys. So um, we thought it was a win-win no matter what. Um, we prepared intensely. Um, we went on and we absolutely failed. Uh, we, they didn't like the product. Um, you know, it, it was a good battle up there for us. Um, but ultimately, it was our worst case scenario. And we were right. 8 million people watched it and they I'm sure not everybody liked us, but a lot of people liked us. And it did lead to a lot of good conversations with retailers, with distributors, right? Like these are key stakeholders that needed to be bought into the brand. Um, and future investors who watched the episode, Patrick Schwarzenegger, actually one of our, our best friends, Arnold, Arnold's son. And um, he saw the episode and reached out after. And he invested shortly after. And we built a lifelong um, brotherhood with Patrick. And he's opened up his network to us, which is, you know, added incremental value. But um, so a lot of great things have come from Shark Tank still to this day. We talk about it quite a bit with with retailers and distributors, et cetera. It's a big part of our history, um, but we absolutely failed on the show. And that gave us motivation to improve, um, which was also a shining light that we didn't expect. Yeah. 
I feel like there's there's no single success story out there that is not sprinkled with some big time failures. There isn't one out there. And so I love the moments when people, it doesn't work out the way that we want it to. And, you know, you're still here. And I think honestly, it makes the story in and of itself just so much better, if you ask me, you know? And so I love that. Uh, so you just got to work grinding after that. It was like you didn't, weren't going to let someone else's opinion stop you. We got to work grinding, still spending, you know, putting in 20 hour days, like you said, and really just working hard for the brand to create something. So now that we're totally. six years in, right? <laughs> Yep. <laughs> what's what's the mind what's the mindset? You guys recently moved from New York City was your home base. Now you're in Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, how do you kind of make yourself stay sane? How do you manage it all? How do you, you know, keep your mental health in check while building such a mega brand that's now valued at, you know, 200 million? Yeah. Well, our, our latest valuation, by the way, is 500 million now. So we oh, can announce me. that. <laughs> hey, yo. No, but uh, <laughs> but um, no, I think just touching on, because I think the two things are closely connected, but um, uh, resilience, right? And, and failure is such a natural part of life. Um, everything that you do. And by the way, if you're not failing, you're really probably not pushing your boundaries. And we believe what you can be, you must be, and you should be pushing yourself to be, to be your best. And that's part of who we are, right? And what we do and, and what we believe in and big part of the brand and why it started and why it's grown so quickly. Um, so resilience, what we like to say is you got to be able to bounce, not break. Um, so when we got dropped on Shark Tank, we, we bounced back really quickly, um, improved. And by the way, we failed hundreds of times, right? Whether it be buyer presentations, distributor presentations, investor presentations, maybe thousands of times, thousands of failures on this journey. Um, but each time, it's really how you fail. You can, you can pout. You know, and you can, uh, uh, you know, throw your arms up and blame other people or you can take responsibility for it. Look, look within and say what weakness or, you know, what what led to this failure. Usually you can pinpoint one or two things that you can fix. And on Shark Tank, it was like, hey, the product just isn't good enough. Right. Like we can't convince these guys that the product's good enough to bet on. Then we got to improve the product. And that's what we did. And we continue to improve, improve our products. That's something that we've we've owned. People's taste change. People get you know, very, very uh, specific about their diets and what they want and their needs. So we're constantly changing. But um, I would say along that journey, right, does come a lot of stress and tension. We've grown really quickly. We've pushed ourselves really hard. Um, We did just move from New York to Texas just to be more centrally located um, because we travel so much. And we can go into that, that decision a little bit more too. But I'd say the biggest thing is is remembering, you know, the first two to three years of the business was really infancy stage and you're you're laying it all on the line um, before you can really raise capital and build out a team. Lots on your shoulders as the founders. Um, that was hard, but we leaned into each other, um, your founding team. Um, in this case, my brother. So very lucky, leaned into each other, hold each other accountable, but take care of each other. Um, and then really looked within, I started doing transcendental meditation very early on in this stage as a release, uh, and a pause practice. And then, um, and <laughs> contrary to, you know, popular belief, we actually started working out more, um, when we launched the business, you know, we, people thought, you know, we probably would have lost our workout routines from college, but we probably doubled down on them. Cause again, it's another release for us that we're so used to our bodies, like it, our minds love it. Um, and then again, too, 
we learned early on, don't burn the midnight oil too much, right? You, the brain's got to be on and, and sharp throughout the day. Um, so getting this quality sleep that you need is, is key. And then cutting the bad things out, right? Removing the negatives. And that meant eating better for us. So improving our diets um, as founders, um, drinking alcohol less, right? Any, any nonsense that we were doing in college most likely got cut out pretty early on because we realized the importance of that. Um, so there were some key things that we did personally as founders to help not just increase our performance, but really set us up for long-term growth and success. And now that we have a team, um, you know, we're over 120 people full-time now. Um, you know, there's less pressure on us as individuals to ind individually contribute, more about making sure the team is set up for success and doing what they do best, which is a little bit easier um, and less demanding on me personally. So uh, there were some things that we've done for sure to make sure that we're, we're staying sane um, and healthy um, while you're growing the business. Because it's not... It's not a good long-term strategy to just work, you know, 15 hours a day and, and do whatever it takes to, to grow. Another thing that I wanted to ask you is, you know, a lot of my listeners know that I love talking about the mindset of athletes. And so I have been an athlete all my life as well. I played volleyball, basketball, lacrosse, and I swam in the summertime. And so I've learned on a personal note, I learned so much from playing team sports and knowing your background of being an athlete and playing team sports. I'm just curious, you know, what what is it that you think you learned from playing team sports growing up and into, you know, your young adulthood that you think you took from it that made you more successful in creating this brand and running a really amazing team? Yeah, I, I love this. And I think there's there's so many great lessons, right? But I think some of the biggest ones and, and first is the importance of culture and chemistry and how having a great culture actually comes first. And it's probably the most important thing for any great team to be successful. And I still, it's still so funny. I, I catch myself doing it all the time. Whenever, if you see in the NBA, I'm a basketball player, so we'll, we'll say the NBA or MLB, but you see these teams creating super teams, right? Like the great players all on the same team. And a lot of times you see those same teams not performing well. And when you look at it a little bit closer, it's like, oh, well, the culture is there. Or you have selfish players, things like that. So it's easy to dissect. Same thing is true for, for a company. You can go out and get a ton of highly superstar you know, individuals, but if they're not working together, if they're not bought into the purpose, the mission, the vision, if they're not there for your teammates, showing up for your teammates every day, um, it's not going to be as successful as it can be. So um, I just think the importance of genuinely caring about your teammates, genuinely putting them first and being a part of the same mission and believing in something bigger than yourself is the key lesson I learned from all of the best teams that I was on, where it was the most fun. We won the most games as a result of it. Um, it wasn't the main focus, but we did win, win a lot. Um, and it translates directly into business, more so as you scale too early on, I think. You do need individual contributors just to move the business forward, like the, the three of us. But as you grow and hire, it's more about setting other people up for success. And that's what great teams do at every level. Yes, exactly that. Team sport, team spirit is number one. Yeah, I would agree with that. Awesome. Are you still finding time to go on vacation and just make time for yourself? Because as a founder, you know, it's you got to do those things. 100%. And I, I think vacation is actually one of the most important things. We actually offer unlimited pay time off for this reason. Um, you know, we still expect people to perform and hit goals, which is which is another subject. But 
Um, for us, we just got back. We did a week, a week long. Jake actually did two weeks um, in Italy. We usually do every July to celebrate our mom's birthdays in July. Uh, we go back to, to Italy where our family's from and um, we just unplug and we reflect. And July is perfect for this too because it's halfway, you know, you just finished six months into the year. So we reflect on the first half of the year, what we did well, what we failed. Um, and it's really a personal reflection. We don't do brothers meetings too much because, again, we really want to be there to celebrate each other and celebrate and be with our family. But, you know, I'll go for spend time up by myself, go for a walk, do some meditation, etc. Um, really go deep in terms of like, okay, when I come back, here are the things that I want to do. And here's how I want to approach, whether it be new practices or new goals, etc. Um, and it just gives you that clarity of mind, that creativity. Um, because when you're in the work day, every single day, you don't have a lot of time for, for deep strategic thinking and reflection. And I learned that deep strategic thinking and, and reflection are, are critical, especially as the company gets larger, because you're thinking not, not, you know, two, three, three months out at a time anymore. You're thinking two, three years out at a, at a time. And that requires deep thinking. So um, setting aside the time to go on vacation, and sometimes it might even be a three day trip nearby. Um, it doesn't need to be a, a week long to Italy, but taking the time to actually unplug and distance yourself from the day to day is so important um, throughout the journey. I wish we were doing it more early on. Um, our business just had so much physical manual labor for us early on that we, we had to be there physically, but now at scale, um, taking the time to do that is probably our number one priority, um, to maintain again, just our mental, mental well-being. Right. Yeah. You can't pour from an empty cup. No, <laughs> you can't give to others from an empty cup. You know, that's what they say. You have to pour from a full cup and you spill over and that's what you share with everyone else. Uh, and so making sure that you carve time out for, for yourself is, is so important to the business. And I also want to point out to all of my listeners that there is a common theme here. Uh, between all of the episodes, you know, I have all of these, you know, incredibly, you know, successful, but also kind and heartwarming guests on, on the show. And I talk about my meditation journey quite often, but I think it's so crazy to me that how many episodes that I have guests on and the guest talks about how it, how important meditation is to their journey, their process, their life, their mental health, their well being. Uh, and so I just want to point that out to my listeners that. If you're if you're not meditating yet, take a look <laughs> at the common theme here that uh, you know all these people I have on that are so successful are finding time to meditate, and it's so important. When did you get That's into awesome. meditation? Um, it was year two in the of the business, so 2017. We had just moved to New York City, um, so probably not not a coincidence that my stress levels were a little bit higher, um, and. Again, I was thinking about longevity. Um, I was thinking about how I could perform better in the short term, but also last longer um, and endure more. And you're you're spot on, Victoria. I think a lot of the uh, things I hear and feedback I get is I don't have time. Or when do when do you have time as a, as a founder? Um, and you really have to prioritize your time, right? You choose, right? We all have 24 hours a day. You have the power over your schedule. You need to own that, take responsibility for that, and you need to build in the time on your calendar to do that. Otherwise, it won't it won't get done. It's very easy for me, and I notice it when I travel. It's very easy for me to say, ah, I'm gonna I'm gonna skip the meditation, but that's on me because um, I didn't make the time for it. So I do 20 minutes in the morning, um, usually after a workout, so I can get my blood flowing and then kind of balance myself before I dive into work. Um, and then in the afternoon, 
mostly at the end of my workday. But some days, you know, if I'm really feeling overwhelmed or stressed out, a lot of morning meetings or a lot of work on my plate, I'll, I'll take a break mid-afternoon, say around 2.33 to, to meditate and clear my mind before I get back into work. Um, and again, the, the effects, you know, you feel some sort of some level of focus, equanimity, calmness. Um, you're not sleepy or drowsy people tend to think, you know, you get sleepy or drowsy. It's not, it's not that you, you get calm without the drowsiness, I would say. And, um, you kind of get locked in. And actually what I find too, is it anytime I give, so 40 minutes a day on meditation, if I'm waking up 40 minutes earlier to do that, I get that energy back from, because of the meditation anyway, I feel more energized toward the end of the day. I'm not overwhelmed. I'm more focused. I'm more productive with my work, more intentional about my work. So you definitely reap tangible short-term gains from meditating. And then of course, there's the, the long-term science that supports longevity and mental health as well that, that I look forward to gaining in the future. But again, I do think there are a lot of short-term benefits you get on a daily basis from it. 100%. That's, and that's, that's what a real meditator does is like the bookends, right? That's like crucial. So yeah, you're like level 10 meditator. Great. <laughs> level 10 guy. And so recently you guys were also voted uh, number one. Was it Glassdoor, best company culture. Was it on Glassdoor? Yeah, it was. It was so. It's it's from a variety of sources, but Inc. Five Thousand makes the makes the announcement, um, and it was back to back years. And probably you know the the honor that we appreciate and are most grateful for because again, the team is is everything which we can talk about, and it's just a it's just a reflection of of the culture that we we try to instill. Um, you know, there's only so much you can do as founders. There's a big, big pressure on you, but it's about getting the right people within the company. And I think that that's what led to led to that recognition for sure. Yeah. And when you have happy employees, the business right. thrives. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, that's part of the argument too, with, with unlimited PTO, right? It's like, how do you guys get anything done if you have unlimited PTO? Well, it's like, no, actually we hire great people who want to do great work. Um, and who are responsible and mature adults and, you know, they get their work done. And by the way, having unlimited PTO allows them to do more work and better work when they're locked in. So um, those two things reinforce each other for sure. If you have great people who are really passionate about the business. Right. I'm like, amen. Is everybody in America listening to that right now? <laughs> <laughs> like I'm all about that. I'm all for it. Um, and so you guys got, you guys have huge investors, big names. Uh, a-Rod, pause, 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 J-Lo. Um, <laughs> uh, don't want to say them right in the same sentence these days, but um, right. yeah, I mean, you've got some big time names supporting the brand and I think it's, you know, you're, you're, you're just well on your way. And I just see the, the brand doing such amazing, incredible things. And I hope that anybody who's listening out there that has like a dream to make something happen, you know, you don't have to take the popular route. You can ditch everything, drop out of school, have conviction and passion for what you're doing and turn it into a real profitable business. Agreed. I love that, Victoria. Thank you. Yeah, I think that's that's spot on. Um, and I think part of it is just one being courageous, right? It is it is a scary thing, change in general, right? We we kind of tend to be lean into things that are more comfortable, and our path has certainly been uncomfortable. But that's where you're growing, right? And that's where you're you're hopefully um, improving and, and learning. Um, and again, the results that you mentioned, they'll come. They'll be there. Um, you know, in terms of financial freedom and things like that. But 
Um, it's really about putting in the work and taking the risk and betting on yourself um, if you want to get started. Yeah, betting on yourself. Go double down and go all in <laughs> on you. <laughs> That's exactly. what it takes. Willingness to double down and go all in on you. Uh, is there anything else that you want to share today uh, that's on your heart before I ask you our final question? Um, I think just in that same vein too, like again, I, I was extremely underqualified to, to launch this business and scale the business too. So not just start it, but but scale it and even manage it at the point that we're at, right? I'm still only 25 and you know we're over 100 million in sales and over 100 you know, full-time people. So um, I think it's just a reinforcer of what we kind of just touched on there, but I do think it's more practical than people think. You just have to be willing to, to do that and take that step um, and keep going, right? Having that resilience and, and staying in there for the long run. And again, the results will come, um, but you just got to put the time in. Yeah, I forgot to do the math on that, that you're only 25. Wow. <laughs> Mind blown over here. But everything that Jordan said today applies to anyone at any age. There is no cap on it. There's no starting point. There is no age that you need to do any of this at or choose to believe in yourself. It's never too late to choose to believe in you. And there's, I loved the bit that you said. My favorite part, I think, of this this whole interview for, for me personally was like, find people who have similar stories to you and lean into those stories. And other people who've come before you who figured it out and made it happen. So you know that you can do it. It is possible. Once again, coming all the way back to belief always, I feel like is the is the thread uh, to this entire this entire interview is just believing in yourself. And uh, my final question for you, which I ask everyone is, <laughs> you're pretty young, so this this question uh, is a little different for you, but what would you tell a younger version of you? What's the best piece of advice that you would give to a younger Jordan? I would say be more vulnerable, um, especially with your weaknesses. I think we, um, just as human beings in general, uh, tend to hide or cover up our insecurities, our weaknesses, um, because we think in the short term that it's protecting us. Um, but in the long term, you know, it's really hurting us, right? Because you're, you're disconnecting from other people. People feel that they might not be able to pinpoint it, but they feel that that you're kind of closed off or reserved about those things. And it's certainly not helpful for personal development growth, right? It's certainly, right, because you're leaning into comfort versus uncomfort. So um, I, I certainly was very insecure about a lot of things, especially being a first-time founder with, with not a lot of experience. You know, some people call it, you know, act like you're playing company or, or imposter syndrome. And, you know, I, I wish I came out of my shell a little bit earlier, uh, but as soon as I started realizing, wait a minute, I don't need to know everything. There's a lot, you know, that I don't know, probably way more than I, I wish I uh, would admit. But um, once I started opening up about it, we started to build better teams. More trust was built within the organization. Um, we, got, we made more progress. You know, I was able to resolve my weaknesses versus hiding them and tucking them away. Um, and you just start making progress and that's how, that's how it's built. It's the same thing with, with sports too. Like I, I saw the same development with myself, like own the weaknesses and, and be, be open about them. And then you can make the changes. And there's a great, great quote on this that I love from our leadership coach. But if, if you don't see yourself or if, if you want to see yourself as, as part of the solution, you have to see yourself as part of the problem. And I think being open to that possibility that you're part of the problem, that was, that was my, one of my things early on. Um, then you can start making some progress. Wow. 
Yes. Mic drop on that one. Yeah. Pointing the finger elsewhere and then always having to turn that finger back towards yourself and say, well, what can I do better is a giant pathway to finding success and also leaning into being more vulnerable because when we're afraid to be vulnerable, you're right. We build these walls up around ourselves and they are to protect protect ourselves but it what it does is is build this this wall that doesn't allow anybody in either so nothing's going in and nothing's coming out and how can we grow as human beings and the last note on that is that you know our our brains are hardwired to keep us safe and so there's that fight or flight mode and they our brains will do everything in in our their power to keep us away from that fight or flight mode right to keep us safe and so anytime we venture off into anything new your brain will constantly be like, are you sure? And kind of tug you backwards a little bit because it's like, no, let's stay here and do what we know. Let's stay here where, where it's safe. And, and so you kind of have to, I think that's another reason why meditation is so important is because it gives you a little bit of that, like you said, springboard to, to kind of push through your own thoughts and have courage to be vulnerable, to lean into what's uncomfortable. And, uh, yeah just working with yourself and against yourself at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. I I always like to say too, like when you feel uncomfortable and you feel that pain, again, initially you want to fight or flight, um, but it's actually the signal that you're doing something right, right? Recognize it, take on that risk and keep going. Uh, Just keep going. And again, it'll pay off in, in the long run. Exactly that. So thank you so much for being on today, Jordan. You were so awesome. Uh, Keep kicking ass, taking names and uh, putting positive energy out into the world because I, I love it. It's great. Awesome. We're just getting started. Thank you so much, Victoria. I really appreciate it. Yes, of course. I told you today was going to be a good one. Uh, I loved everything that Jordan had to say. And so yes, it, he did take that leap of faith and the net was there to catch him. But I kind of want to get into that a little bit because I think so many of us, it's like, we'll, we'll look over the side of the mountain, right? And you want to take that leap of faith and, and you look to see, is the net there? And, you know, you want proof that, that you're going to, it's all going to be worth it in the end. But I think without risk, there is no reward. And without believing in yourself and taking that leap of faith, how will you ever really truly know? Sometimes the net appears on the way down. Sometimes the net appears once you take that leap, right? It's like the universe, once you got to meet the universe halfway, I say a lot of times, and it's like the universe will rise up to meet you halfway, but you got to meet the universe in the middle, You have to meet the universe in the middle. You have to be able to say like, I'm going to go 50. You going to meet me there? And a lot of times the universe will say, yeah, I'm going to meet you there, right? So that's exactly what Jordan did. And he believed in himself. And, you know, lucky for him, he had a lot of people around him who also believed in him and his vision as well. And so Super Coffee is bound already has done great things and I think is bound to continue to do incredible things and really disrupt the market and creating a product that has no sugar and protein added in and is kind of my favorite thing to reach for whatever, you know, I need to pick me up or post-workout want to add some protein to my diet. Uh, And I know the ingredients in it are clean. So, you know, 
yeah, am I a big super coffee fan? Hell yes. Do I also just feel really aligned with the the company's mission and the story behind the company? Also, hell yes. So across the board for me, it's a hell yes, right? And I mean, shoot, I think in anything in life, we we should be hell yes. It's either a hell yes or it's a hell no when it comes to the coffee you're drinking, to the person you're dating, or anything that you're doing in life. It's either a hell yes or it's a hell no. Which one is it, right? So super coffee is a hell yes. Uh, Jordan was awesome. I hope you loved today's episode. I hope that you feel inspired by today's episode. Uh, so you know the drill. You know the drill, which is please follow me on Instagram at Victoria Brown. Follow our podcast handle at Very Best Self. Make sure that you also give us five stars, subscribe, and if you have the time, we would love, love, love a review. So that's it for today. And I will see you guys next time. Keep being your very best self.